Emily Elizabeth, and I'm the host of the What Fulfills You podcast, a show for and about individuals always seeking to be their best selves. On this show, we talk all about building the mindset, finding the right careers, creating meaningful relationships, and so much more. Welcome to the What Fulfills You podcast. Hello, happy Tuesday. Welcome back to the What Fulfills You podcast. My name is Emily and I am your host and it is also exactly midnight as I am speaking and this episode will be going up in three hours so (laughs) I'm a little bit behind on this intro recording in part to my recent move. Um, For those of you who have been keeping up with me for a while, you know that I lived in Orange County, California for five years and I recently moved to Los Angeles, which I will actually be doing a lot of moving vlogs and updates on more so my Instagram and my YouTube channel, which I'm trying to be more active on. But It is a struggle with so many things going on, but if you are new here, that was all pretty irrelevant to you, so um, hi, again, my name is Emily, and what this podcast is really focused on is a couple things. Um, One, it's obviously uh, revolving around life fulfillment, and secondly, it is also revolving around having open and vulnerable conversations, whether it's with my friends, my guests or just even a solo conversation by myself. I think um, I have grown to understand that a lot of my listeners and for those of you who listen love to hear these raw stories. I think it helps us stay connected especially with how much is not as raw on the social media platforms and so for me personally I know I love to see the insights from people, whether they are business owners, fitness gurus, an everyday person working in finance, whatever that may be, I think I am always intrigued to hear different perspectives and see the things that help drive them, the things that fulfill them, obviously. And so for me, I just hope that I can bring that value to you guys through this platform. Before we dive into today's guest, I want to quickly mention my career ebook guide. A lot of you guys have been picking it up for the fall semester, whether you guys are seniors or juniors in college, or maybe you recently graduated and you are finally getting on the job hunt. So many of you who have already purchased the book have told me this has been really helpful for just getting your mindset right for prepping for the job hunt. And then also secondly, was just it really boosted your confidence. I think most of you guys are saying it helps you feel more prepared so I'm really happy to hear that but for those of you who are just remotely curious I have this career ebook guide on my blog at emilyelizabeth.blog I provide a custom resume templates custom cover letters custom like pretty much my entire experience with job hunting a year ago and everything I would use if I were to apply for another corporate job today. So if you are just curious, check it out on the blog. I'll link it in the show notes. Moving on to today's guest. So today I have Ashley, who is the founder and CEO of Quilt. And I guess I will describe Quilt in my own words rather than reading off of some outline that I usually would have. But Quilt is essentially a feminine forward 
audio social platform. And prior to it being this, which is COVID, it actually turned to this during COVID. But prior to that, for the, I believe, couple years before that, it was pretty much a, I think she described it as Airbnb and WeWork as if they, so imagine this, imagine if Airbnb and WeWork had a baby, (laughs) Um, and particularly for females. So essentially, people would host community events at their homes, and there would be a lot of stimulating and open, vulnerable conversations amongst primarily female, although it's not just for females. Uh, Let me clarify on that. But um, that was pre-COVID. And today, with how everything has changed on technology, yes, we all know that, they pretty much did a 180 and they developed an app platform where it is audio only. And actually, earlier this evening, I had the chance to host kind of like a pre-podcast interview type of, um, I don't know, conversation with Ashley, and I asked some similar questions that I had asked um, on this recording we did, but it's a really cool platform. I think I a couple of things I love about it is one, I, I really just feel like there's a lot of welcoming energy in there. Secondly, a lot of people I notice seem to be very open and willing to just share their thoughts. And I think as women, as we are evolving in this current culture that we are in and we are seeing, I think it's become so much stronger and healthier for us to have these conversations. So I really love that. And thirdly, you can just really talk about anything. I think that's really rad. I mean, for me, I have yet to host kind of like a random quilt as you would call it, but I am definitely planning on doing it soon. I could totally use one to do like, I don't know, maybe a rant session, but also getting insight from complete strangers all around. Anyways, this conversation was super special. I think Ashley is so insightful and has so much knowledge in this space and most importantly so much genuine passion for social impact and connecting with people connecting with others and and really staying grounded with this conversation that we all have with one another so i hope you guys enjoy this as well and if you are a female that also loves to indulge in open vulnerable conversations that can range from so many different topics i highly recommend for you to head to quilt wearequilt.com um and i'll actually link all that beta stuff in the show notes as well and you can download the app and try it out with me so without further ado let's get into the episode Well, Ashley, thank you so much for taking the time to be on the podcast today. First of all, how are you feeling with everything going on right now? (laughs) Um, Well, that's a trick question because it changes like every hour and usually a few things all at one time. But in this current moment, I am 
feeling pretty invigorated, I will say. Okay. Okay. Nice. Um, well, how about we dive into your background a little bit? Can you share, you know, where you're from? I know we're both from Pennsylvania and I guess a little bit of your background journey. (laughs) Yeah, of course. I know it's wild that we're, it's very rare that I come across someone, especially in California, that's from Pennsylvania. Mm -hmm. Um, so yeah, so I primarily grew up in a very small town, uh, in the Poconos, so Stroudsburg, Pennsylvania. Um, I was always quite hungry to have a city life. So by the time I was 17, I moved to New York City. I went to NYU. Um, I was a performer, so I I was getting my BFA in drama, um, as well as a minor in psychology. So I, I didn't necessarily know what I was going to do, but I knew that I was really obsessed with people and and human behavior and um yeah what all that kind of looked like so when i graduated from college i did perform a little bit and i got to work at a, a nonprofit uh theater company and i then very very randomly and and an unplanned uh but fortuitously i believe fell into working at a startup matchmaking company um, this is, this is, uh, this is pre Tinder days. So this is, it's not, you know, this was not when everyone was like super excited to talk about, you know, the people they were meeting online. It was fairly kind of taboo. Um, and I think a little bit of a stigma associated to this kind of whole world, but I fell in love with matchmaking and ended up working in that space and having my own company for about five years and that was really where I learned that I care deeply about connecting people or helping people feel closer to one another, which is now what I have spent uh, the past 12 years doing in some iteration of the next. So to kind of fast forward through that, I, I while I loved matchmaking, kind of woke up realizing it, I didn't necessarily see myself as a 75-year-old Yenta. So... <laughs> Uh, I started working for other startup companies in the community space. So I I was on the founding team of a company called Noya House, um, which is a a kind of co-working and social club in New York and LA. I did community consulting work for brands like Wonderlust and a really dope social impact um, conference slash community called Breakout. Um, And in all of this work, I... I realized um, that a lot of these offline communities are not effectively using technology and in a way that I think could increase access um, to other people uh, if they were. And so that was kind of the the starting um, aha moment and a hypothesis that led me to launching Quilt. Wow. Okay. I love hearing the journey. So to clarify, so you had another startup prior, is that right? Or did you work for another startup prior? I've only ever been in the startup space. I had a startup, I had a matchmaking company. So I, I did that. Okay. Um, so that and, was yours. Yes. Yep. That was, that was mine. Oh, I had, okay. I had, I had partners in that, but that was, that was mine. Okay. Wow. And so you studied drama and film and and also had a minor in psychology at NYU. During college, what did you at the time envision yourself getting into after college? 
Oh my goodness. Um, and, <laughs> you know, NYU getting into the, the Tisch, which is the school of arts there. I mean, I, 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 don't, I don't think anybody goes through that rigorous of training without thinking like, oh, you know, I'm, I'm going to be a performer. I'll be on Broadway. I'll right. be in films. I'll direct. I'll do those things. So I, I really felt like that's what I was going to do. I, I can admit, though, that there was a little bit of a voice in the back of my head that was really interested in business. You know, my parents both mm. for themselves. My father has um, been a founder of his own business for his whole life. And I... I love um, creating, like I love building things and creating things. And so I guess that could have translated as I create my own films, but I didn't feel the calling towards that. And the second I experienced being the third employee of a startup, I was just like, honestly, so obsessed with just the, the hot mess that startup life is. And I really never mm-hmm. looked back. Wow. Okay. It's interesting that you say that. I mean, I was a figure skater for about 15 years. So I always had a lot of performing tendencies as well. And a lot of um, artistic tendencies, you could say. And of course, similar to you, always very drawn and probably in part because of my older brother, as you know, um, to kind of the startup and business life. But do you find that you still have those artistic tendencies today? And if so, like, do you parlay that over into quilt in any way, or maybe just do that in your own personal life? I love this question. <laughs> Thank you for asking it. Um, I think it's intense to be a young performer and then figure out what that looks like later on. So I have a lot of um, kind of admiration, you know, even hearing about your background and, and I can see how you're translating it today um, just by doing this podcast. Um, so, you know, I, I closed the door on my creativity for many, many years. I think I was um, now admittedly sad by stepping away from something that I loved so dearly and was so familiar, but had a hard time wrapping my head around as a career, which was, um, you know, performance in musical theater. Um, and then a couple of years ago, it just, something kind of hit me and I, I felt like I had not been in play like in my femininity in play in my own adventure i've just been heads down so serious and so focused on like making the most of my 20s and as i as i got to my 30s i just realized like how being in my creative self is the best possible thing that i could do for business and for my soul um, so it opened that started by way of just like I started playing the piano again and I bought a ukulele and I bought a set of acrylic paints and I started kind of journaling and and listening to not just business podcasts but really like I don't know picking up big magic from Elizabeth Gilbert and understanding what, where creativity comes from us and how we kind of squander it ourselves and sometimes in the circumstances that we're in so I feel like um I feel like my creativity is much more integrated in the work that I do now. And I feel a lot more fulfilled in how it's been translated uh, into the work that I do now. Um, But it certainly has been a journey to realizing the importance of it. It's really funny that you bring up the book, Big Magic by Elizabeth Gilbert. I, it's, it's a book, correct? Right? Yes. Yeah. 
Yeah. So I, I had a, a conversation with a friend that I haven't seen in about two years yesterday, and she brought up that book as well. So that just kind of uh, stuck out to me. And it sounds like I, I need to pick that book up. Uh, oh, yeah. I mean, if you hear about this a third time, you need to stop everything and read it. <laughs> <laughs> I agree. Um, well, what was your first job then after college? Was it, I, I couldn't um, pick up if the startup was the first, uh, I guess you could say, professional route you pursued, or was there something uh, before that? Well, I mean, the, 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 the very first months that I graduated, I actually, I ended up teaching performance um, at a this like summer school in Montana that I grew up going to. I ended up having a paid internship at a nonprofit um, theater company called Primary Stages in New York City. But my first like job job, like show up and work all day every day was working for um, a startup matchmaking company. We worked out of the founders home uh in the west village and you know i that was really that that first time that it was consistent consistent daily work so depends on how you translate first job i guess so how many years did you stay in new york uh i guess since after you graduated before making your way out to california um i guess i like six years six or seven years so I was, yeah, I was there in, I was there total 10 years. So, yeah. Oh, wow. Wow. Great experience. Um, how, how did you end up making your way out to the West Coast then? Well, um, I definitely always wanted to be on the West Coast. I wasn't sure if I was going to go to school out here or if it was going to be after college. It turned out to be after college. Um, and I, it was part I really wanted to do it. It was part I was really honestly very tired from the New York City grind. It was very hard on my as much as, as type A as I as I am and as like much of a hustler as I as I am probably perceived to be. I need a lot of downtime and rest and kind of like space. And it was just so full on for so long um, that I had gotten quite tired and the company I was working for at the time, Noya House, was opening in LA and they essentially offered for me to go to move to LA for a few months to help open the the space that we were running um, in Hollywood. So I'm super, super grateful that they gave me that opportunity and when it came time to go back to New York, I was not ready. Um, and that's, you know, you know, I kind of went out with two bags and just stayed and you know, now it's five years, five years later. Interesting. And then what, what were you doing for that company at the time? I was um, running the kind of community experiences and membership, membership relations. So anything from how do, how do people find out about this place? How do they join um, this space and work out of here and the programming that they attend? How do they connect with one another um, and collaborate or become friends with one another? So kind of just designing the the community experience, I guess. Interesting. So that surely parlays over into Quilt, um, which I'd love to dive into now and kind of uh, really have you just share the story of how, you know, it developed. I know you you mentioned earlier, social impact is, uh, you know, quite important to you. You've always been very passionate about people. So I'd love to hear how that's all kind of combined for you in uh, building Quilt. 
Yeah, uh, quilt is uh, quilt is this beautifully evolving being. Um, she, <laughs> my company is a she for sure. Um, you know, the first kind of evolution of quilt started a few years ago with my business partner at the time, Gianna. Um, we were both very passionate about creating uh, community intimate spaces, particularly for women to come together and support one another and have, you know, grow businesses together and learn from one another. And so Quilt um, at the time was launched as a essentially like a, I don't know if, if Airbnb and we were kind of baby for women. So we built mm. the technology that inspired women to open up their homes to host conversations out of their homes with one another. And um, up until, up until this year, that's what, that's what it's been. So we were primarily in Los Angeles. The community hosted over 4,000 conversations out of their homes. We were certainly um, growing um, and looking to start to raise additional capital to expand to new cities. And then, um, and then March of 2020 came around and, you know, obviously <laughs> an entirely new normal sunk in and at that time it was just a few weeks just about a month prior uh gianna made the decision um that she was no longer going to be uh doing day-to-day -day operations at quilt um and so she had kind of um evolved out of her role at quilt i became kind of the sole founder and then quilt also changed kind of overnight because you know no one is is coming together with strangers in homes. So quilt is quite different now, which I'm very excited for. Um, but that is how quilt started really with this mission to, um, to connect women globally um, offline using technology to help them do so. And as, and as you know, especially from our initial conversation on quilt too, I personally love it so much. I'm a huge fan. And I wish, um, you know, this has been around longer, but I love how it's developing. I think it's such a prime time for it to be happening right now, especially when all of us are now realizing more than ever how crucial it is to have these meaningful conversations, to have these meaningful connections with others, especially during a time when we're very limited on it. Um, how did you see this gap in, in, in this not being around? I mean, I think all of us know that this is not common. I think most people are like, oh, I have my friend group. I will have conversations with them. Right. Um, and, and I think we're, we're starting to really realize that there's been this white space, but it seems like you kind of noticed that years ahead. Um, where did that come from? Yeah. I mean, it's something I feel, you know, it's something that I, I felt growing up and I, I kind of always felt a little bit like an oddball and, and didn't totally find my place. And now I now I celebrate now I celebrate that, but I I can really connect to and I can look around and I can see all of the ways in which I think we as human beings uh, get in our way of connecting with people and feeling close with people and feeling really welcomed by people. And I've always thought it's just really important to try and cultivate that and share that and. And learn how both in my own day-to-day -day on a personal level um, and then on a professional level because I, I really think the more connected we feel um, you know the, the more confident we feel um, and the happier we feel um, so that's just been a, a bit of a knowing 
I think for me that I'm a, I've been aware of, um, and then figuring out, you know, I, I think as, as years go by and, you know, the world just seems to just feel like it's, I don't know, kind of falling apart, you know, left, right, and center, but there's all these opportunities that surface kind of the breakthroughs that come from chaos. And I think, I think there's a huge breakthrough happening right now where people are realizing how important our relationships are to us and, you know, how to be kind to ourselves and to others. And um, even down to a little moment, like, you know, ordering something at a store and smiling and saying, thank you. Um, I think there's a, there's a thirst for that. So, you know, even in these times with COVID, it's, you know, reports have now come out that 52% of Americans have reported that their mental health has declined since March, you know, losing jobs and sickness and fear to go outside, depending on where you are on the planet right now, you may be surrounded by smoke or the fear of a hurricane coming, or the fear of an election uh, that is fast approaching. And, you know, all of our answers kind of come down to who are the people we are closest to, and how can we feel safe and supported by those people. And I'm very, very passionate about helping anyone find that um, for themselves. I really like that. I, I ask because, you know, for me, I think, I realized the need for that kind of community-oriented conversations um, back in college when I was kind of going through a rather empty period in life. And I think that's kind of when I caught on. So I just kind of wanted to see if, um, you know, there was any experience like that for yourself. Um, But I wanted to ask too, you know, prior to COVID, when these were actually in, you know, homes and in person, what kind of conversations were being brought up. I know through the app, it's it's uh, kind of very free for all, but I wanted to see, was there kind of a uh, prompt almost on like the types of conversations or how did that go about? Yeah, you know, it started as um, I wrote a discussion guide, like a kind of, mm. a kind of format that I felt was an incredible, inclusive conversation style that could set a tone for anyone who wanted to come together and talk about the things that are, you know, on their minds, that they're going through, the questions that we have. I think particularly as as women, um, it, it has been sometimes hard to access uh, the information, whether that's about um about business or about fertility or about our, you know, our health and what's going on with our bodies. And um, I oftentimes were just hearing like, why didn't anybody tell me that, you know, and it's just like, I, information can travel so easily. I think when we come together and there is a format around it. So I created a format um, and the format, the most important component of that format for me was that these conversations were driven more by um, what someone was going through. So sharing, sharing from personal perspective, you know, how we could actively listen to one another, what it's like to show up and share, you know, from the I pronoun and how I feel about something instead of offering advice, which can oftentimes kind of, uh, separate us or feel like we're being compared or spoken down to. And, Mm -hmm. you know, I, I am very, uh, I'm a huge proponent of therapy. I've been, um, in therapy by choice since I was 13 as a precocious, uh, young girl going to my mother asking to go into therapy. And so, I've integrated some of the tools that have helped 
me uh, because I believe that, you know, effective communication is the thing that can bring us closer to one another. Um, so all of that kind of led to a very simple conversation style that uh, women in the community started to replicate but attach their own topics to. So topics on money and leadership and power and sexuality and health and, you know, family and relationships and everything in between. So all of these women could put their kind of spin on it, um, but followed this framework so that there was just a consistency around the way in which we communicate with one another. Hmm. I like that you bring up the aspect of sharing from a personal perspective too. I think that's something I try to implement within this podcast, seeing how a lot of people are craving for that vulnerable and open uh, personal view. So I think that's such a, you know, growing, growing topic or growing, growing way of, you know, just sharing stories. But I want to know how was the transition then? Because you had to transition very quickly, essentially, as you mentioned, overnight in March of 2020. So what was that like going from, you know, I guess these in-home conversations in person in real life to developing this app? I don't know if it was already developed prior. Uh, but <laughs> kind of there. So I yeah, tell me about the whole transition, because it sounds like you essentially had to really change the 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 platform essentially, right? Yes. Yeah, I know. Nothing that we're using today um, was built before two months ago um, and nothing we built up until two months ago is being used today, um, which is pretty wild. I think I think I have like a little, it's, I may have a little bit of whiplash if I were ever slow down, um, but it's just been this kind of very exciting and sometimes very scary um, nonstop you know, kind of moment to moment decision making that has led us to where we are. And I'm, I'm really excited for where we are. And I feel very, um, like I said at the beginning, I feel invigorated um, because this is an iteration of quilts that I don't think I would have ever thought of should the things that have been going on in the world have happened. Um, and for that, that's the silver lining of what I'm grateful for. Um, so yes, in March, nobody was gathering in homes. I have a very phenomenal team who quickly uh, who quickly put us, you know, like I think so many others have as as a need onto Zoom. So all of our um, all of our gatherings that would have been happening in homes for the month of March and April that had been planned were now shifted over and happening on Zoom. And on top of that, we started to grow because you know we were no longer bound by home. Um, somebody didn't need to get in their car and go. So all of a sudden, we see we saw women that were um, booking from you know from Bangalore and from London and from South Africa and Colombia and that was a really cool experience for me to kind of witness the diversity uh, that came along with our growth and something I care very deeply about. Um, I also noticed um, just kind of a disinterest in video. I mean some some really enjoyed it but over the course of March and April, I, I noticed that a lot of people who were coming onto the platform to attend uh, this Zoom gathering were over time slowly uh, choosing to turn their video off. And I went through this exercise of, you know, we are a conversation platform. We have been about having conversations with one another uh, since we were born as a business. And if that's really true, then 
I'm not sure I need anything outside of audio um, to drive forward the importance of what it means to have a conversation with one another. So I started to explore um, and research all of the different spaces out there, who's doing audio, who's doing video, what does that look like, and what and which of these platforms is a feminine forward space, um, is a social space, is an accessible space. Um, and I really saw that there, there wasn't really anything doing that, creating a place that is feminine, that is welcoming to everyone, because it's, you know, Quilt is not just for women, but it is built with a woman's need in mind, and it is built by, you know, a woman. Um, so it led, it led me and the team to getting very, very excited about reimagining um, social networks and reimagining the audio space and making it a lot more interactive and human. Um, and that is what led us to where we are today, which Quilt is in beta. Um, and, you know, we have had just about a thousand conversations on this platform. It's, it's been growing pretty, pretty quickly, even in beta. And it is, um, it's an audio only social network to have kind of these group conversations about anything that uh, the community is interested in. So like I've said before, that can be, you know, women's health and, and sexuality and period and gut health and like that whole spectrum of what's going on in our bodies to, to spirituality and, and wellness, to business, to becoming a mother, to, you know, what it's like to work during these crazy times and remote culture and kind of everything in between. Um, so it's evolved a lot, um, but I know you've been on it. It's been so fun to, to have, you, have you on it, especially as somebody who uses audio as a way to connect to community by way of this podcast. Um, and I'm, I'm feeling very um, hopeful about this new direction we've taken. Yeah. And I'm really glad, you know, it's really funny um, how I obviously learned about you and, and Quilt was because of a conversation I had with my brother when I was telling him, you know, the, the growth of the podcast, how it's been growing over COVID and quarantine, um, you know, my personal mission for that younger female generation. And he was like, oh, I need you to talk to Ashley. I think you guys would be awesome. And so um, it's really awesome when, when I got to experience that quilt conversation, I felt really uh, energized after that short conversation that we all had on quilt and getting to talk to those that have been there already. And, and I think it's really awesome. Um, I did want to ask though, was, or is there kind of a demographic you're seeing more predominantly on the platform right now, or, or is it kind of shifting? Um, you know, uh, we're not we're not women only, which has been interesting. I mean, it's it's very open and, and kind of inclusive, although we're probably ninety eight percent women. Um, I am I am noticing there the the main kind of um, the main kind of commonality is that anyone who's coming onto this platform is definitely very curious. Has been going through life changes. I mean, we all are, but maybe you know, redesigning our lives in a certain way. There's a bit of soul searching and, you know, I, we have everyone, you know, we have um, people who are in college at 21 all the way up to uh, women who are in their 60s um, and early 70s so far. So there's, there's quite an array of, of generations um, and of, of interests and kind of professions, but 
the common thread is just, you know, we've created this for the curious, um, a, a very curious person. And I see that's who's been kind of coming on. Yeah. And I, I think it's amazing for, for women to have this platform. I think it's very needed, especially in a time like this, but really moving forward. Um, I guess in, in the next couple of years now, obviously, I, I don't know if you had um, imagined it being virtual the way it is now, but do you see once things are normal um, enough, I suppose, uh, are you planning to try to incorporate both that virtual and app platform and in person or or where do you see that or project it uh, over the next few years yeah you know it's interesting you ask i think i you know in order to build this i had to like break up with the idea of offline but as i as we're settling in i can absolutely see a world where um in-person experiences kind of get buckled back into it in a way i i don't know what that'll look like you know that could look like um, uh, live recording sessions or, you know, NPR listening room style experiences. It could look more like experiential activations, or it could look like, you know, opening up homes and having conversations again. I, I, so I'm not, I'm not sure. And I'm not, not against it because I love, um, I love in-person gathering and there's, you know, it's very hard to kind of replicate that digitally. Although I think we're doing a pretty cool job with what we've created. So anything anything is possible um i think yeah no that's that's so exciting um i i have an interesting question for you I, i'd love to get your insight on this one it's a little bit rather of like a personal philosophy i suppose but do you believe everything happens for a reason or do you believe that things in life happen as a I suppose, a direct result of our actions and that leading towards the trajectory of our path? Um, well, I love this question. This is, this is, <laughs> this is, uh, this is something I definitely find myself thinking a whole, a whole lot about. Um, because I think what you're asking me is, is kind of the relationship, if I may, I think you're asking me the relationship between free will and destiny. Um, mm -hmm. if, if you will. So um, mm -hmm. I, I think they're two separate things. Um, and, you know, I don't believe that, uh, that they over that they overlap. And I don't believe that they're at odds with one another. But I do think that they are in relation. So um, I, I, I do think that things can be that we're born with, like, there's a destiny that we're born with. Um, I have a, I have a faith that there is these, there are these kind of, there's a mapping that's out there and that we are, we have an opportunity to follow that path. But I also believe that we're born with karma and that mm. uh, it's our job to heal and work on and commit to the work around kind of cleaning up that karma. Uh, and it is our free will to do that. You know, so it's it's very possible, and I see this all the time, that people don't um, live up to their potential or kind of work through that in order to, and that's the free will of getting to where you go. So everything being kind of planned out for us and everything happening for a reason, um, I believe that I can wake up and I can choose to 
you know, take care of myself and whatever that is, work out or drink water or do the things or meditate. And then I can sit down and I can choose to like be in gratitude and be grateful. And the more it's the law of attraction and the more I wake up and choose to do that type of work, I think the more positive the outcome is. Um, so, uh, so it, to me, it's a, to me, it's a little bit of both, but I can also say that anytime something didn't, something happened that like was unplanned, well, that was just this really unique opportunity to learn and to have mm -hmm. no regrets and, and to move into that next phase. Um, so, um, yeah, I think we have more power than we realize and we don't need to sit here and say, well, you know, everything happens for a reason, um, because I believe we all can be a bit more proactive than that. But I think it's important that we all put in the effort to have faith um, that everything is going to, you know, be wonderful and that every day is a bit of a miracle. Mm, I love your answer. I couldn't agree more. And, um, you know, that I actually just circled that right here. I, I definitely want to uh, elaborate on that conversation on our future quilt. So um, that will be exciting. But the last and final question I have for you, something I ask every guest on the show, and that is what fulfills you in life? Mm. Um, for me, it's very simple things. Like I've always been somebody that's like walks outside and I'm like, isn't today great? Like, look at the, like, look at that tree. It is so green. Like I have a FaceTime with, you know, I have a very dear close friend that I've known for a really long time, uh, Sophie. And I like, I'm so fulfilled when I like, we are giggling with one another and nothing and there's nothing familiarity right and feeling welcome and seen and creating that for someone else so the things that fulfill me are are very simple things it's you know it's playing cards it's having a wonderful glass of wine it's like having friends sit around a, a dinner table like laughing so hard we cry um it's kind of just what does the day-to-day -day joy feel like and how to continuously just try and access that in the best ways that um, I can. And I feel super fulfilled. Um, I feel super fulfilled when I'm carving out time and space for things like that, that matter to me. Wow, so healthy. And I think that's something that more <laughs> of us need to be reminded of just the small things in life. And I think, you know, ironically, most of us are realizing that more being stuck in our homes today. Mm -hmm. <laughs> A hundred, a hundred percent, a hundred percent. I love that question too. Yeah. Okay. Well, thank you so much for being on today. Where can everyone find you, um, access the app? I know you mentioned it's in beta right now. How can everyone hop on and join the conversation? Yes, I would love to welcome everyone on who's listening to this. Just because we're a beta, that just means that, you know, we're we're learning and growing alongside of our community, but we are actively welcoming new people on every day. So if you go to wearequilt.com, you can just put in your cell phone number and then you can put in Emily's name as your referral. Um, and we will shoot a text to you and we will give you the link. So our app is iOS only. It's not in the app store. You have to go this way so we can send you, um, the private link. And I can't wait to talk with every single person who wants to join. Mm, so exciting. And I will be sure to also include that link in the show notes as well. So they can just 
click on over right away. <laughs> awesome. That would be, that would be amazing. I can't wait. And I can't wait for our conversation um, on quilt next week too. I know. I'm so excited. Thank you so much, Ashley. This was such a fun conversation. Awesome. Thanks, Emily. Thanks so much for tuning in today, guys. I hope this episode was valuable and that you found Ashley's journey to be inspiring one way or another. I think that's my favorite part about interviewing founders specifically is really being able to kind of take a jab at their journey and try to follow along with them as they kind of reflect on it themselves and I think um, for myself who recently graduated college I, I always love to hear from people who are you know five to ten years ahead of me um, in years but also kind of in their career and everyone hits it at different stages but I think it's really fascinating to hear people's stories and really come to realize that no one has a perfect path. There is no such thing as a perfect journey. And I surely hope that helps inspire some of you to not feel discouraged if you are feeling stagnant or stuck in your current period of life. Again, if you are interested in being part of the quilt community, come join me on this platform. And I will definitely be letting you guys know the next time I host a quilt um, but in the meantime, just go to beta.wearequilt.com and you just enter your name and your email there or I believe your phone number, I'm sorry, and they will send you a link to download the app. So it's super easy and I am certain that this platform will be continuing to grow over the next couple of years. Thanks again for tuning in. Please be sure to rate and review the podcast on Apple Podcasts and I will talk to you guys next time. Grand Canyon University, an affordable private Christian university, is one of the largest and fastest growing universities in the country, offering more than 270 programs online. In addition to federal grants and aid, GCU's online students received nearly $130 million in institutional scholarships in 2022. Find your purpose at Grand Canyon University. Private, Christian, affordable. Visit gcu.edu slash myoffer to see the scholarships you may qualify for.